Hey everybody, welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast. Josh here, hope you're having a great weekend. Uh, I know in Michigan, in many areas of the country, in the Midwest, it is freaking cold still, and we're in April. And that can put a damper on your season getting uh, started, but spring is coming, I promise. The money's coming, the revenue's coming, the opportunity's coming, and the overwhelm and the stress and the your truck breaking is also coming. <laughs> or your employee not showing up to work, even though you were certain that they were a rock star. And what, what went wrong there? Well, I don't know, but you're going to make it through it. It's going to be okay. Uh, what I want to talk to you about today is was spurred by a conversation I had yesterday with a friend of mine. Uh, he's in the corporate world, does a really good job, does very well for himself, and he is very entrepreneurial and he likes to daydream and he's finally locked his sights on his his big transition out of corporate world and into his own business, which is really exciting and amazing. And as I was listening to him kind of explain his ideas and what it's going to be like and how he's going to do this and that, and he's already dabbled a little bit on the side with a couple of his things, um, it became very evident to me um, what part of the process he was in, right? Um, one of my mentors, Russell Brunson, I'm in his inner circle. He uh, works with some mentors that mentor him. And one of the requirements of one of his mentors for, for them to even work with Russell was that he had cycled. And the definition of cycling, according to this guy, was that you've built a big business, lost everything, and then did it again. <laughs> like That does not sound like a fun experience, really. And I don't want that to happen to me. But at the same time, I can understand uh, even where I am right now and how hard we've worked in our current companies and all the pain and suffering I've had, the wins, the losses, everything, when I look at it objectively, there's massive value in cycling. Like there's massive value in failure, really, massive value. Uh, when things are just kind of easy for you or you have a, a view of an opportunity that's way too rose petals and unicorn fairy dust, it's probably because you haven't went through that, right? So I'm listening to my friend who's super smart and his idea is great and he's going to crush it. I know he'll crush it. Uh, but what became evident to me is that he was in like the dating phase of his business idea. And I think some of the people that listen to this podcast um, are, are like that. I've gotten some emails and messages from people that actually haven't even started their business yet. They just kind of use this as like fuel and motivation and validation. It's like kind of filling them up, getting them ready, like creating some inertia inside their brain so that they can start it or maybe they just started it. And so I look at like the, the process of a business. Uh, I've used this analogy before with the employee life cycle and stuff. Um, but he, here's how I parallel your journey in business with like marriage. So the way that it works is like, first of all, you have the dating phase, right? And I just sketched this out. I just kind of made this up this afternoon when I was thinking about it. I think it's pretty cool. And let me know what you guys think about it. You know, send me a voicemail or an email or share this episode if you like it. But the dating phase is when you have an idea, right? You're dreaming, you're fantasizing, you're sitting in your cubicle or you're, you know, flipping a burger or you're working for someone else and you start kind of, your mind starts going down this road of entrepreneurism or opportunity or being free. Or maybe you're not even clear on what you want to do, but you fantasize about what it would be like to literally not have a boss or to answer to no one. And it's exciting to date and it's exciting to dream, right? And so with your business, it's almost like the dating process is when you are just kind of flirting with the idea that of what could be for you, right? And I, that's really where we all start, right? It starts with that idea, that thought that what if, what if I, like, could I, could I actually do that? And then the wheels are turning, right? That's the dating. And then when you get to the, the next stage in a relationship, it would be like the proposal when you ask the person to marry you. And in business, that 
that's like when you you get kind of like nervous excitement because you've actually made a commitment in your brain to make the thing happen. So you're not just playing and dabbling and and kind of poking around consuming information because it's mentally stimulating. You've actually drawn a line in the sand and said, uh, I'm doing this. This is going to happen, right? And that's a huge step. It's like such a big deal. Uh, It's exciting. It's an adrenaline rush when you do that. But you also start kind of filling in some of the gaps and you're trying to plan for things and you're trying to make sure that you're financially in the right spot and that you make the right purchases and that your strategy is correct. And you might be freaking out a little bit, but you're mainly still just really excited. So you've moved from the dating stage to the proposal stage or or in the entrepreneurial way of looking at it, you've moved from the dreaming and thinking stage to the making a decision to, to, to make this happen stage. And you kind of have some blinders on. And, and before I continue with this analogy, the guy I was talking to yesterday in, in everybody that has a new idea, we have a tendency to automatically gravitate and talk about and fantasize about the reasons why the business will be amazing, why it will be easy, how you can't believe you didn't do this sooner. There's just so much profit. It's like pure profit. It's just so much profit. This opportunity is insane. Like nobody's doing this. I'm going to, this is insane. This is going to be the biggest thing ever. And it's not that that's wrong. It's just that that's not the entire story (laughs) because there's always adversity and things are always harder than you think they're going to be. Almost always. And someone that's been through it before, or someone that's cycled, especially someone that's built something significant, lost lost everything through an investment or through whatever, and then did it again, like that pain helps them kind of uh, throttle that blind faith in the idea, right? I also use the phrase productive paranoia sometimes, right? And people that have achieved a lot in business, they have a a very healthy skepticism, not negativity, definitely not negativity, but a skepticism about what am I missing? What am I not seeing here, right? Because we have these blinders on, because we're in the proposal stage. And then when you you get to the the, the D-Day, when you're starting your business, that's the wedding, right? That's like a wedding. So day one of your business, you quit your job, you're starting your business on Monday. That is insane. Like it's a celebration. You're high-fiving your buddies. At least hopefully you are. Maybe your life is full of negative people, which is often the case for someone that starts a business. Doesn't mean they don't love you, but their their negativity is, uh, it's really a bummer. And you got to be careful about <laughs> sharing your dreams with people like that. But anyway, so you're at the wedding, you're celebrating. It's a very brief uh, ceremony, and then it's done, right? You started the business, you realize on Tuesday, holy crap, I don't have a paycheck, I have to make this happen. And that's when you enter the honeymoon period. The honeymoon period can be awesome. And it can last for maybe just one day, or it could last for up to six months or a year, or even longer. Some of you have had businesses for a long time, uh, but you're still kind of in the honeymoon period. And the problem with it, like the honeymoon period, you, you start getting a little bit of false pride. You think you're really cool because you're literally technically and legally an actual business owner now. And if that's new to you or you're the first person in your family to do it, you think that's pretty freaking awesome. So it's, you get your full of joy on the honeymoon. You got some swag on the honeymoon. Uh, you definitely don't have productive paranoia, uh, probably, or not very much of it. You don't see your blind spots and the pain is coming. Like, like it's coming. I don't want it to come. I'm just telling you, this is the like the laws of the universe. This is how it works. And then the last step where all the wealth is made, where the rubber meets the road, is the marriage. You know, I've told the story about when, when I got ma- married on our wedding night, uh, my wife was crying in her wedding dress, sitting on my her, our bed in, in my trailer, in the trailer park, because we lived in a trailer, right? Uh, she's sitting there crying, and I'm like, what? what's wrong? Like, how in the world are you crying right now? And she said, it's over. 
<laughs> it's over. <laughs> and I'll never forget that. It's so parallels business because I was super confused. And I looked at her, I said, Ash, like, what's over? She's like, oh, my whole life, I've planned for a wedding since I was a little girl, and now it's over. And, uh, you know, I have, like, compassion for that. I get it. But the problem was what I told her that night, I said, Ashley, we didn't start yet. <laughs> like, like, the goal isn't to file LLC paperwork and put a sign in your front yard saying we're open for business. Although when we're in the dreaming, the dating, the proposal, and the wedding stage, like during that whole process, that kind of feels like the goal. And so the problem is, is that we get smacked right across the face uh, by real life adversity, stuff we never could have planned for or saw coming, even if you tried. And it can really take the wind out of your sails, especially if you've never cycled or you don't have mentors or people around you to encourage you and just tell you, oh, no, 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 it's cool, it's cool, it's normal. And uh, what happens is people get stuck or they get discouraged and some bad things can happen. Now, if you want to be successful in your marriage, your business marriage, like when you're there, okay, now you realize it's hard, but you still want to do it. If you want to be successful, the first thing you got to do is be humble. You got to have some humility. You got to get rid of the false pride, swag, you know, fantasy land part of it. You need to humble yourself and start learning from people who have already done what it is that you're trying to do. You need to learn to close your mouth, open your ears and implement things. And it's it's slow and it's messy sometimes and it'll be confusing sometimes and you'll do it wrong six times but the seventh time you'll get it right. But that takes tremendous humility, right? And the other thing you need to do is just ask for help. But make sure you're asking for help from the right people. Again, there's a difference between competent, qualified advice and a run-of-the-mill opinion. Opinions are useless to you. You need competent advice. You don't bounce ideas for your business off your friends and family that have never had a business or have never had a successful business. And a good rule of thumb, I'm trying to think of, did Brandon tell me this? Or I heard this somewhere recently. I want to give credit, but I can't remember. Um, Never take advice from someone that you wouldn't trade places with. Ooh, that's good. That's like giving me chills right now. That is good. Never, ever, ever, ever take advice from someone that you would not trade places with. And that's not just business advice. That's like relationship advice, financial advice, investment advice, parenting advice, physical fitness advice, (laughs) like anything. Fill in the blank. Don't do that. But if you're going to be successful after your business does exist, you got to get humble. You got to ask for help. And the last one is you got to do hard things. And here's the caveat for doing hard things. You have to do hard things for however long it takes for it to work. And the title of this episode, I think I'm going to title it like, you know, uh, unrealistic expectations or unmet expectations because all conflict is a result of unmet expectations. And that includes internal conflict. So you have an idea when you're in the dating phase in your brain with your business, you get the adrenaline rush and the nervous excitement when you make the proposal, you decide that you're gonna do this. Then you have the wedding where you file the LLC papers and then you're on the honeymoon the first little bit when you get your first customer and you think you're really smart and you're amazing and you made $300 in one hour and you're like, oh my God, I'm a genius. But your phone's not ringing anymore and you have no idea what to do, but you just got that first client, which is really cool, but you haven't actually built anything yet. Then we enter into the marriage. And you got to do hard things. Now, the unmet expectations comes from you not having a clear understanding. And me, and me, by the way, with my software company, I had massively incorrect expectations on, number one, what it was going to cost, not just financially, but emotionally, mentally, physically. Like, I had no idea how hard this would be. And I also had no idea how long it would take, right? I was completely wrong. My timeline was 
completely wrong. When I look back, it's embarrassing. When I look at my original idea of what I thought this was going to be like compared to what it actually was. But because I've you know been down this road and I know how to persevere and I have grit, uh, I just kept doing hard things until it started working, right? And if I would have been smarter and had different information, yeah, I could have shortened the timeline for sure, but I didn't. And so I just kept going. So if you want it to, to grow and be successful, you got to do hard things for as long as it takes and be careful of your own unspoken expectations. If you really think you're going to just go from 100,000 a year to a million a year in a season or two, um, you know, I don't know. Like I'm all for dreaming big, but have a healthy uh, a dose of like, reality check kind of filtered into what your plans are and stuff. Really, really, really try to cover your own blind spots. Start becoming aware of how dumb you really are. You know, the thing that I've learned the last few years is how dumb I am. Like, I thought I was so freaking smart in my early 20s. I am uh, much more wise and and, uh, educated today than I was then, obviously. But the more intelligent and educated you get, the more you realize you don't know anything and that you're pretty dumb and you're ignorant. And that's not an insult. I'm just, it's like math. Like, it's just true. Like, we don't know anything. (laughs) Like, if you add up all the stuff we know and contrast it against the stuff all of us don't know, it's no, there's no contest, right? So you got to have the humility and and you got to hang on there. But what some people do, and hopefully if you're one of these people, this podcast wouldn't attract you in the first place, right? Like it would gross you out. The motivation the positivity would gross you out. But what I see a lot of people do is when it gets hard and they get to the marriage and they realize, holy crap, uh, it was a lot more fun dreaming about my business and planning to launch my business and and opening up shop for my business in those first few months after my you know my honeymoon period getting a few clients making a few bucks that was all fine but now that I have to actually buckle down and do the hard stuff and build the systems and like do leadership development and do strategic planning and read books that I don't fully understand so and then read them two or three more times so I finally get it to go network to humble myself to shut my mouth open my ears and get help some people aren't willing to do that. They're just not. And so what they do is one of two things. They either blame the universe for screwing them over. Somehow, they are the perfect person that totally, definitely was going to succeed until the universe just totally screwed them and, and laughed at them and threw them down a little pit and like kicked dirt on their head, right? That's not real, but it feels real to people. Uh, and they, so they give up, right? Or they blame or they get angry and they stay at a low level, never grow and blame external reasons why it's impossible to grow. You can't find good help. That's impossible. There is literally not one other human that could ever be a good employee on the planet. You ever hear people with that type of mindset? How ridiculous is that? That's categorically false, even though it might feel true to you in the moment of you being you know, hurt by an employee or having some trouble. It's categorically false. Like there are amazing people everywhere. Uh, you're just not finding them, and that's on you. Uh, and So that's one way that goes, the blame game. Or the other way they go that's bad is they start dating another idea. Some people do this forever. I did it through uh, probably from about 18 to 25 years old. That's all I did. I would get a cool idea. I'd be dating, you know, dreaming. I'd make a commitment to start executing on that idea. It was super adrenaline rush. I would talk about it with everybody, and they didn't know what I was talking about. But I'm like, oh, guys, we be amazing. We just got to – yeah, I remember I joined a multi-level marketing company one time in my early 20s. I'm like, if you just sign up two people, and they sign up two people, and then they sign up, then I'm going to make a million dollars a day. It's going to be amazing, right? So I was heavy on the dating, and then the proposal, and then the wedding, and then the honeymoon. But as soon as it got hard, and I had to – actually do hard things, shut my mouth, learn the game, put in real work, I would start dating a new idea. And 
I didn't see it that clearly at the time, but it's crystal clear now. That's exactly what I did. Many of you have probably done the same thing. But the problem is, is that that's just a vicious loop of nothingness. It's a nothing burger. You're not going to get anywhere because the value or I'm sorry, the, the chances of you achieving, whether it's wealth or freedom or just success or paying off that debt or automating your business or going into the mission field more by having a business that makes your bills and you don't have to babysit it, like whatever your thing is, it will not be built and it will not come into existence because you daydream about it and you get all excited about starting it and because you actually form a corporation and because you put a sign in the ground or put a website up there that says we exist, that won't do anything for you. All of the real growth comes in the marriage part, which is the hard, down and dirty, do the hard things, humble yourself, ask for help when you need help, but make sure it's from competent advice. That That's the path, guys. And actually, it's the only path. That is the only path. So if you deviate from this path, it won't work or you'll have pain. And then you'll have two choices. Either start dating another idea and keep doing that over and over until you figure out that you're the actual problem, not the idea, (laughs) right? Or you can blame uh, other people and externalize your suffering and be a victim. Like you're allowed to do that. It's just super pathetic and sad, especially in America. Like we have everything at our fingertips. It's insane what you can do. People that didn't even graduate high school make millions of dollars online and with small businesses because they follow the path, they do the hard things, they shut their mouth, they learn the game, and they they implement and execute. And I want to encourage you to do that. Hopefully that's valuable to you. I hope that you enjoyed my rant. Uh, And if I could, in reciprocation, ask that you please, please share this episode. Please copy the URL for this episode and put it in a Facebook group or uh, on your Facebook page and write a blurb about it. Just don't spam the link because no one will click it. Like put a blurb in there and say, hey, I listened to this. Here's what I learned. This is really cool. You know, if you're an entrepreneur, this is really valuable. If you do that for me, that is like, that's like you giving me a hug in real life. It's a big deal. It's It really matters. I'm a real person. I really am sitting in my office on Saturday making this podcast for you right now. This is a real thing. I know it feels weird when it's just a podcast, but I'm Josh. I'm a guy. Share my stuff. That's you paying me back for the value that you're getting. Thank you. And also, uh, make a few minutes and give me a five-star iTunes review because those are super awesome because it tricks the iTunes algorithm to be like, hey, I think people like this. Maybe I should show this podcast to other people. And then other people see it. And then we can conquer the whole world and take over the world. It's amazing. It's amazing. Anyways, I... I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Take care. God bless. Hey, thanks for hanging out, friends. And from all of us here at the Quick Talk Podcast team, we hope you love today's show. We hope that you were inspired to become a doer and not just a listener. Apply what you've heard today in your own business and watch things change for the better. Lastly, remember that all the money in the world can't save your soul. Seek first the kingdom of God, my friends. We'll see you next time. For more information about the Quick Talk Podcast or Joshua's other businesses, visit our website, quicktalkpodcast.com. Have a blessed day.